Hey love, you're listening to the Luxury of Self-Care podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia. Each week, I'm recharging you with tips and engaging conversations, reminding us that finding luxury in our lives begins with taking care of the most important thing, Y-O-U. It takes persistence and spunk to be successful, but instead of living to work, let's work to live. You up for it? My answer is a clangorous, vociferous yes. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Ready to party. And for one moment, you get this amazing gift. (laughs) Keep swimming, just keep swimming. What, like it's hard? If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Luxury of Self-Care podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia, and I'm coming from a different space today. It is a space in downtown Lancaster, and I'm joined by a beautiful, delicious, adorable, curly redhead. (laughs) You know her, you love her. Her name is Chelsea Clark, and she has invited me to come to this beautiful workspace that she has been a member of. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the space that we're in right now, Chelsea? I do. It's called The Candy Factory. It is a co-working and social space, I guess. I forget their little branded statement, um, but it's a, it's just like a, well, part of it. It's a big living room where a bunch of driven, creative, cool, um, inspired people just come and do their work or they don't work. They hang out. Um, and network, and it's it's just the best. I'm thrilled that I joined it. I made some friends, and I come here, and I get inspired by just, like, the energy of the people here, and I've tapped into different parts of myself since joining. I think it's directly connected to the energy in this space, and yeah. There's lots of plants, too, which I love. I'm, like, a big plant gal, and so I think all the greenery, like, when I first walked in, really inspired me, too, just to, like, start. I feel like it was really nice, but I'm excited to be in here, and even more importantly, I'm excited because Chelsea lives in Lancaster now, so she's not even with me. She lives here. She is a Lancasterian. I don't even know how you say that. I'm a part of the people now. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so I'm really excited. There's been a lot that's happened, a lot of transitions, and Mm -hmm. there's been, it's been a big three months, I think, for for you especially. Um, But, yeah, I'm just excited to kind of, like, unravel that. There's been a lot of different things going on. I feel like you've had this huge nomadic lifestyle in the past, like, year and a half it's been a year a year almost yeah yeah yeah. exactly a year yeah which is kind of crazy um (laughs) all the things I've done yeah it it was my I branded it my eat pray love year and then I got hit with that um once in a hundred year blizzard and so it became my eat pray love shovel year (laughs) I had decided um I love that I love that yeah we um we talked a little bit after that, I think, on the podcast for you. No. We didn't since the blizzard? I thought no. we did. The uh, last podcast we did was a year ago in your bed. Was that a year ago? Yeah. I was visiting. It was exactly a year ago. 
Oh, stop. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that was one that was. Yeah, we, well, I had the pleasure. I, everybody on the podcast that listens to the podcast and tunes in knew that you were living with me. Um, not that, but I had mentioned, I know I had mentioned it. There's a tadpole in the house. Yes. She is submerged. <laughs> she, she was coined as our, our house tadpole. And we because were. Because I take like three baths a day sometimes. <laughs> we just like to do it. We like to get wet. Um, <laughs> we like to get wet. <laughs> And shit, he says, coin one for the day, check. Um, yeah, anyway, no, I felt like it was, uh, it was a, it was a huge transition for me too. Like I did, I talked to Doug a lot about it and I didn't really like, even on my end, like I, it was a point where like, I didn't really feel like I had much to give. And, and I know that a lot of people like wouldn't have been able to, stay in what I had to offer Mm -hmm. um so I was great I mean I was grateful to have you and then on the on the flip side like even with you there too it made me realize like some of the things that I have issues with in my marriage even because I realized like how particular and stingy I am with my shit sometimes Mm -hmm. and so that was like kind of eye-opening for me I've been personally journaling about it since you've left Mm -hmm. to try to like understand what that was and it wasn't for anybody like it's never, like, a personal thing for everybody else, but it's, like, inner work that I need to figure out. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was so grateful to have that option when I got here. And mm-hmm. I just, like, loved being around you all the time. Yeah. But it was interesting because I, I, I started to feel like my inner teenager coming out Mm. and I have felt that because I've had to live with my parents so many times as an adult like I lived with them for both hip surgeries um so that was a year and a half yeah um and I think like me kind of choosing to do the harder thing and be a grown-up and get an apartment and put out all that money I like I didn't realize how much i desperately needed it and I Mm -hmm. think um just seeing how like I was crashing after doing all these jobs and I wasn't like cleaning the bathtub like I should have been but I wasn't able to see that Mm -hmm. because I was just so depleted from like everything and starting a new life and then obviously like losing Jay officially in my life not that he died he just (laughs) removed himself from our relationship after four years yeah I just like couldn't see and the minute I have settled into this space I'm Mm -hmm. like oh wow I think like it was the perfect time for me to leave and it was a crazy couple of weeks but um yeah I was able to like reflect about I think ways I could have been a better house guest and you know just just little little things that you pick up on once you start to feel like yourself again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't, not that anything was like, oh my God, bad. Like, that's what our friends are for, right? Yeah. So like, especially like one of my best friends, you know, there's not many people that we put that word in front of friendship. Yeah. And I would never, I didn't even know we were going to talk about this, but like I would never um, have put you in a category that I wouldn't be able to do that mm-hmm. in, willingly. And be there for you at that time. Like, I, I don't think I would have let just anybody live with me personally. Yeah. Like, I really, 
I think I know I have a hard boundary, but for those who I like love and care about, like, I don't care if it's your worst moment or your best moment, like you, you still, I still got you. Yeah. Like even if my net is like (laughs) wide and there's big holes in it, I'm still going to catch you. Um, It is is interesting as I've had to start making new friends mm -hmm. and describing myself for the first time in years and, you know, trying to, trying to navigate, you know, who is just going to be like a work person or an acquaintance Mm. or maybe who I could end up leaning on in the city. It's interesting to reflect that back onto my relationships with my deepest friends, even ones who I haven't spoken to Mm -hmm. in, like I haven't spoken to Preston on the phone in probably like a year. Oh, wow. And I was his best man. Yeah. Um, It's interesting to just feel that guttural kind of like, oh, this person can kind of do no wrong in my Uh book. Yeah. And I relate that to, I'm like tangenting, but that's kind of how I relate to like my four now, four long-term relationships. Um, I, I hope, you know, in my book, like I love them so much they can kind of do no wrong, which is why sometimes my friends think I stay too long, but it's kind of like, I understand that how like, Maybe a mom is with her child. Like, my child mm. can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's been interesting to to kind of look at my friendships. In that and, lens. And, like, Preston can do no wrong. Like, I know he's not checking in on me all, all the time because he has six jobs and two children. Mm-hmm. And, like... God, he, can, he has two kids now? Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, they're so beautiful. They are so beautiful. Um, but, it, yeah, it's like... Yeah. I'm tangenting quite off topic but you're one of my best friends it's like you can do no wrong like you can be the sloppiest version of yourself and I'd be like I got you yeah your little hand let me pull I'll swaddle you rock you to sleep Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, and I felt like that too like it was if I wasn't going to give you that hand and not that you were like I don't want to use this word like you weren't at a rock bottom in my personal opinion in Mm -hmm. any way shape or form and I want to make that very clear but I mean like I clearly had been through a moment of complete change and extract from everything that I had in New York. Yeah. And I had explained this to you as well. Um, I still had a relationship at that point, too. Doug and I weren't engaged yet, but, like, mm-hmm. he left, and I was writing freaking notes to him. I didn't even couldn't even talk to him every day or text him every day or FaceTime or call or all these lovely technological options we have now. Mm-hmm. It was like he had gone to war and I was writing him <laughs> yeah, letters. Yeah, <though>. <laughs> Like, and it was just horrible. And mm-hmm. um, and every and I'm such a sharer. Yeah. It was really hard for me. And I leaned on the podcast and I leaned on these listeners and I leaned on, you know, my friends that weren't here so much during that time. Um, But I was still all alone. Like, I didn't Mm -hmm. have the hugs that I needed. I didn't, you know, I had Miko. Mm -hmm. I mean, having a dog was really helpful. And I understand why that people gravitate towards having pets now. Like, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I bought her with my husband, my now husband. So, like... Anyway, though, my point is, is I knew what that felt like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to share with people. I need to tell people about my life and every single thing that's going on and blah, 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 And they were my, like, blue lemon kind of became my family. Like, yeah. all those people became my family. And I did tell them stuff all the time. And I mm-hmm. shared. But I, like, needed to share. Mm-hmm. 
And it's wild because I love all those people, but I do look back now and I'm like, they were all at my wedding and I don't talk to any of them. Mm -hmm. Like on Instagram, yeah, but like we haven't grabbed coffee since. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think just some some people just stick. Mm -hmm. Some people just, you know, what is that stuff we had as kids? The slime or whatever? Oh, those things that like with the hand, and and then some of it came in like it was like a, I think it was called slime or like yeah. gack or something. And I remember one time my friends were over and someone threw it up on the ceiling and it stuck, <laughs> and it stayed there for like months until my mother saw it. She was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> um, but yeah, some people, some people just stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to those who stick. To those who stick. Cheers. Cheers. We've stuck. <laughs> I was just talking to, shout out, Matthew at Lux Spa. Mm. Um, he am convinced he's a good witch. <laughs> good witch from the East. Um, yes. He did work on me Monday and did some energy work at the end. Um, wait, where was I going with this thought? I think I just We're talking it. about release, the release, because he did the energy oh. work on you. I was just like talking going to him to about massage, the hug yeah. thing that you just brought oh, up. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he could sense, I was like, my nervous system is just off. I've been through too much in the year. I've been through too much in the last three months, I think. I overloaded. Sure. And he was like, okay. And <laughs> partway through my massage, it was silent. He was like, you can talk. I can sense you're a talker. So I just started saying my brain thoughts out loud, and I was like, I think part of the reason why I was feeling so crazy and so um, pulled apart and unsafe the first two weeks of October, or even like the final week of September, part of the reason was, is because for the whole year, I had secretly been speaking to Jay and trying to make plans for us rebuilding and getting back together and moving forward. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I had these, my, my body was expecting for to feel him and to have a hug and to be physically connected with a human like that because Mm -hmm. I haven't, you know, I've been celibate now for gosh, almost a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and my body was expecting to feel that that sort of energy again and Mm -hmm. that kind of love um, because he was going to come to Philly that second week of August. We were going to meet together for the first time in the year and my body was just off and he was my person that I soundboarded with Mm -hmm. Um, and he had been through everything between my hip, my family, kind of falling apart, um, COVID stuff. He had been through everything with me and out of everything, he he was my best friend above every other part of our relationship. And he just knew how to connect, when to let me talk, you know, what he needed to say, maybe what he shouldn't say in the moment. And I, I lost it all. Yeah. You know, like overnight, he just pulled the rug out. Mm-hmm. Um, he needed to do that. Um, that was the only way that this relationship was going to end. And I told him that. I was like, I love you so much. I will never leave you. When it gets to the point where we are beyond repair, you're going to have to leave me. I will never leave you. And he followed up on his word. Yeah. He left me. Um, So, yeah, my my person was just shocked. My system was in shock. Yeah. So, 
Um, but I'm grateful for it because I think I'm able to connect with people in a different way mm-hmm. um, and hold space for people in a different way, having gone through that and now realizing what was happening. Um, so, yeah, thanks for putting up with your little weird tadpole for three no. months as I went through. <laughs> love <it. laughs> I love it. No, no, no. Can I kind of, like, dive back into that as a follow-up question before we go back yeah. to Matt and his work that he did, which we love? Obsessed with I know he's great. No, I love I love me some Rosie from um, Restoration Spa. I think is what mm-hmm. hers is. Restoration Spa, and I love her. Um, she does a lot of energy work too. She does a lot of stuff like in my stomach and yeah. underneath the back of my stomach that like releases stuff. She plays a lot with my fascia, and she like opens my ears up, which mm-hmm. I freaking love. But I I feel like her word is more like not massage therapist but like massage healer with massages yeah <laughs> something mm-hmm. like that yeah. like so that's but I you know I like got on a, a journey with myself even too like growing up into adulthood where I was like telling you even the other day I was like this is what I need mm-hmm. just a quick like tap out for getting a massage or different stuff like that like mm-hmm. from teaching class from sitting at a desk from being in my car from from levels of stress that, like, are different from the stress mm-hmm. that we dealt with before that we were able to suppress and, like, push through in our 20s, in our mid-30s. Like, no, the line has crossed. And, yes, I can continue to save money. But I also, on the flip side, like, once every other month, mm-hmm. I get myself a massage. I did it once every three months, but I'm I'm trying to do it six times a year. And if you get the good deal or you do the happy hour, you do whatever, you just you just plan for it. Mm-hmm. And it, it really is sometimes exactly what you need. Yeah. But to go back, I remember the first day you were at the house, you were a completely different energy, not in a bad way, just different, because we sat down that night and we talked a lot, and it was like this beautiful moment that you shared Mm -hmm. about Jay that was uh, along the lines of, um, I really love him. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to make this work. Like, he kind of bought a ring. Like he bought a ring and like the smile and the joy the joy was mm-hmm. there leading this energy yeah and then everything happened the next day the following day and everything the snowball of this kind of him pulling ending um mm-hmm. it being over and then a sharing like all the negative stuff right so sometimes we cloud we can be one way or the other in a relationship, right? So sometimes in my relationship, either I'm sharing all the wonderful things Doug's doing or I'm on the opposite and I'm sharing only the negative things he's doing. So then everyone's like, this isn't good. And I'm like, no, 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 but he does do good stuff. Or I say all the good stuff and they're like very unaware. Like you were very unaware. You only really saw a highlight reel for a really long time until I started to share some of the other stuff. And you were like, oh, I, I guess I always just thought you guys were you, – you've said something along the lines of, I guess I just thought you guys were always mm-hmm. so perfectly matched and everything was sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. And I was like, it's definitely not. But it was interesting to watch your transition that week of the joy of just being there because I feel like deep down, if I may, and I could be totally off, after all the things you went through the nine months prior, mm-hmm. you were like, this has to work. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of certain things that led up to the reasons of what that work looked like. But you were like, this has to be it. This has to work. I th- this is so funny that this is coming up because literally at 2 o'clock in the morning last night, because I have these two days off. So mm-hmm. I just kind of like let myself sleep when I wanted to mm-hmm. yesterday and be awake because I find my brain 
functions completely differently at like two in the morning. Hmm. And I just like sat there in my cute little living room and just reflecting on things. Mm-hmm. I'm just letting myself randomly like inner journal whenever I feel. And I opened up the, not the final, cause we're still in contact. My ex Tom, mm-hmm. I opened up one of the final emails at the time that he had just randomly sent me after he ended the relationship and I read my response back mm-hmm. and I was so proud of myself and it was exactly 10 years ago. I was just like, I am so proud of that girl from 10 years ago who still holds over to now. I'm so proud of the way I intercepted his very lovely email to me. And he was not a ver- verbose man. Mm-hmm. Um, and my response back to him, and I, I had to remind myself to be proud of the way that I navigate love and relationships and staying in them, quote, too long, according to 90% of the people in my life, um, and leaving when I do and leaving them how I do. Mm-hmm. Um, because I believe... All of my exes, except for one, um, I I believe in giving them space to ebb and flow into different versions of love with me and our relationship to ebb and flow into different versions and stages of love. Um, and I think that is what I was trying to do slash what I'm allowing to happen with Jay. Um that you're cr- trying to create that space just mm-hmm. to understand what you're saying. Yeah. That if another form of a if if he ever reach out situation me and mm-hmm. resurfaces or not this time around when I go to New York City in three weeks um, for a visit. Yes. If I run into him in New York City, I am so hopeful mm. that we can have that moment. That's in um, like the breakup with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn, where we can morph into the core, like, tall children versions of us. It's just like, I love you. Mm -hmm. You are an excellent person. We tried really fucking hard. We just couldn't find each other. Yeah. I don't think him and I have told you this. We were kind of put into a bunker together as very broken people when COVID shut down, and we couldn't be in the same bunker. And we tried really hard. He's an incredible man. The way his brain works is so progressive and so kind and inspired. He's incredible. Um, but he he can only have a relationship with himself most of the time because he's struggling so hard to survive, and I know that. Mm-hmm. And I pushed him too hard to show up for a relationship when he could barely show up for himself every day. But also what you need to in a relationship yeah. mm-hmm. is the reflection as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knowing anybody. I mean, I don't know if anyone could just give, right? Yeah. And that's what So there's that's nothing, what yeah. broke us a lot of the time mm-hmm. is because I was giving I don't think a relationship should be 50-50 at all times at all, but I was giving and giving and giving and giving, and he didn't know that he was 
taking and taking and taking and taking. And then your tank was empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, very long rant short for anyone this might resonate with. Um, I believe in the power of, I think we're all just tall kids apologizing five times a day and trying to find joy. And um, if you're going through a breakup or struggling, I just think if you allow space for people to circle back and find a different way to love each other, I, I just find that helps me and that has helped me in the past. Yeah. And with Tom, I read the email um, and he had sent me, we hadn't spoken for a few months. I was here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was doing, it was opening night of Mary Poppins and um, Oh my God, stop. It yes, night. it was. Here, let me pull it up because I feel like this might help some of your listeners and not that I want to like toot my own horn, but no, no, no. This, hey, you never stand on a soapbox. That's like not um, one of your main characteristics. So I'm going to let you stand on the soapbox for a moment. I, I just think it might be helpful. I feel it might resonate with someone. Um, and I know he wouldn't mind if I shared this. Hi, Tom. I know you're lo- not listening. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he said. I was reading a book last week called The Moaning of Life, written by Carl Pilkington, who is one of our favorites to watch. Blah, blah, blah. He goes traveling again and explores how other cultures deal with things like birth, work, marriage, and death. In the death bit, he goes to South Korea where they write a letter as if they were dying. For instance, like if you were on a plane crash or a plane that was about to crash, what would you say? And he goes through, I would, you know, write my dad, my mom, and Claire... But I think I also would have probably said that I would want to apologize to you for the way everything went, how grateful I am for the privilege of having you in my life for two years and to thank you. Um, And then he kind of elaborates. I'm really sad we're not currently friends. I hope that one day I can be in your life again. Um, Blah, blah, blah. And so I wrote back to him. It's a little dramatic, but (laughs) we always have to have a flair of that as actors. So I said, I'm currently on a 5.30 a.m. train to New York City for a final callback. I was in final callbacks for Bulls Over Broadway. Oh, yeah. And so Mark Robin graciously, because he's a That's right. King, he was like, we'll put a go. swing in. Go. Miss, miss however many shows you need. So supportive. Shout out Mark Robin and the Fulton Theater. I forgot about that, because that's when Sam Hughes went in. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then she went in again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. So I was just like, it's a huge, basically, with my ramblings, I was like, it's a very big deal. And I said, yet, as I finished my opening show night last night, I'm doing this crazy whirlwind of a travel day, blah, blah, blah. Most of my thoughts are centered around you. Um, and it makes me incredibly sad. I can't share all these things with the wonderful man I called my person for so long. Um, and I guess getting your email and completely losing it on the train on such an important day for me is very telling. Thank you so much for saying what you said. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure I can recite your email aloud already. I treasure every word. The truth is, because you were the most precious person to me and I loved you so unconditionally, I really do want to get to a point where I can have you back in my life. 
but until I can selflessly be completely happy for you in every aspect Mm. of your life, be it jobs, opportunities, a new relationship with someone else, I just can't be your friend. You, my sweet man, do not deserve a friend who will not be genuinely happy hearing about your life with an unbiased opinion. I don't want to be hurt or angry with you anymore. But hearing about Turkey, he went to uh, Turkey with his girl he dated after me. But hearing about Turkey with another girl absolutely killed me and hurt me so much. And you aren't meaning to hurt me by living your new life without me, but you do because I pictured it being with me for so long. And I don't want to keep subconsciously punishing you for being happy. It's not fair to either of us. I need more time, but I miss you every day. I love that. So, and we took our time. So I was like, that's not fair. No. He doesn't need that energy for being happy and sharing it with me, but I need more time. I want to be happy for you. Yeah, but that's the hardest part, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we don't want to watch you being happy without us because we're like, why... Why wasn't that me? Why that? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't that have been me? Mm-hmm. But we lose sight of things. Like we go through different parts of our relationships. And I mean, I even look back at certain things of like things that attracted me to Doug before versus like what it is now. Mm-hmm. And some of them are the same and some of them are different or what frustrated me then versus what frustrates me now. And it's just like you continue to grow and evolve in your relationships, whether you're together or you're not. But that support thing that you're saying, too, that's, like, one of the biggest things. It's, like, how I the I want to be happy for you, but I'm just not right now, and you don't deserve that. Like, that mm-hmm. that sentence alone, how you phrased it, was just very brave and very big of you, especially circa 10 years ago. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, he's not mine. Jay was not mine. No. Um, and, yeah, that just gave me a lot of peace and understanding to my feelings mm-hmm. at the time. And yeah. Now we're still friends. We don't speak because um, we, we used to touch base and check in and banter, and then we both got into relationships at the same time mm. um, during the COVID shutdown and... Um, I ended up asking Jay one day, I was like, does it make you uncomfortable mm-hmm. if I respond to Tom or if, he, you know, and he goes a little bit. Yeah. And I said, okay. That's it's a boundary. Enough. It's like not going to work. So yeah. Tom and I spoke and he was like, my girl has actually brought it up as well. And I was like, all right, I love you, but let's, let's not check in. Let's just know we're good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but now, you know, we'll, you know respond to each other if something comes up changes yeah I feel like um he started following this one guy and he started saying so many things and he's just a dad and a husband and he's not a therapist or anything like that he does have a podcast I think with his wife I should look up what it is but I just started following him and I have to say he's been saying some stuff that like just makes sense so it's just it's like pointing out things that they've been learning about from therapy mm-hmm. in life. So some of them are a little cheesy, but some of them like really resonated well with me. And it was really interesting hearing the one because I think with friendships, one of the things that I do very well, or I think I do well, and maybe I don't because I, I know I like to talk, <laughs> but like... You? <laughs> the podcast lady? No, um, but I do feel like with my friends, 
when I'm trying to understand what they're going through, I do ask, like, the follow-up questions Mm -hmm. with them instead of, like, immediately, like, ride in on my white horse and give them, well, if I was in this situation, I would do this. Or if, you know, or you could do this to fix it. Or you could blah, blah, blah. And that's a very masculine way of doing things, but it doesn't really matter. I don't think it's, like, a gender thing. I'm just saying it is a masculine trait. Mm -hmm. And I tend to do this with Doug, but I don't really do it with my friends. And it's about creating that space, that pause, that maybe they still want to say more. Maybe they're still, like, working out what they're saying Mm -hmm. and or asking a follow-up question. And instead of saying, well, I understand I would be upset in that situation too and then reflecting it back on a story that was similar in my life, Mm -hmm. which is – I do that too. I know I do that with my friendships. But I definitely ask the more follow-up questions, I think, in these scenarios, like in a podcast interview, but like in our life, in our relationship, in our friendship. But – I struggle to do it sometimes in my relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and Jane are like the interview inquisitor best friends of mine. Oh, you mean like as of, a friendship? Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. you see the tip of the yarn. This is actually how we talk when we talk the all the time. Yeah, <laughs> and you just kind of you just kind of keep pulling away at, with follow up questions and allow people to open up. Mm. Maybe that's why I used to always wonder. I was like, does my name say therapist on my head? Not for my friends, but, like, random people I'll meet at the bar. Mm Because, like, you show any slight interest and curiosity, and if that person wants to unravel that yarn, they, like, go to Chinatown on it. They go Mm -hmm. to town on it, you know? Yeah. I've made a new friend here. Shout out Jenna. Yeah. Um, Hey. I'm sure she probably knows about you already. Um. But she uh, caught me in the candy factory lounge last week and just kind of came up as I was working and opened up. And um, she's a fellow creative. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, commenting on just observances. She was like, Pe- people feel safe with you. They feel like they can open up. That was what she led with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. I need to meet her. Yeah. And I just feel your aura. You're the, but you're the same way. People, we, I think my mom reminds me of this, my dad too. They're like, but you have, like, your ability to speak to people and let them feel like they can open up and feel safe is a skill. Yeah. Not, not everyone has that. You have to remember that as you're applying for jobs and feeling like you're not qualified. Like, mm. you have a very specific skill set. People feel like they can, they can unload with you, and it can be a lot. Mm-hmm. And it can be taxing. It's a huge blessing and at times a curse, but it is special, yeah. the ability that you have. Well, I, I remember back on meeting you and our friendship. I could talk about it all day. Ten, ten years ago now. <laughs> ten years ago. This, this fall. I know. Oh, we probably were, re- we were probably in rehearsals by yeah. this point. Because mm-hmm. isn't Joseph their Christmas show at the Fulton? Yeah. So they, and they already opened, didn't this they? This is our 10 years. Or they're about to open. They're about to. Yeah. So this is our 10, 10 year anniversary. We should go out. We should do like a little date night for yeah. that. Yeah. Wherever. Like maybe somewhere different that we haven't gone yet. Let's do it. Anyway, so. Um, as I was thinking about that, though, like, meeting you the first time and, like, what was it, the stuff that um, initially attracted me to you as a friendship and just, like, as a person. 
And I remember like, <laughs> I remember thinking you were so cool, first of all, which I know so sounds weird. so vague, but I was like, she's so cool. Like <laughs> she's, she's got Lululemon on. She's wearing the groove pan. It was the first time I ever went into a Lululemon store was with you when we went to Philly. Oh, yeah. Hi, Danny McHugh. Yeah, Danny. Love you. So handsome and so sweet. So, so talented, just, he's too. A gem. Just a gem. But yeah, I I remember thinking you were so cool. So I was like, I feel like I want to be your friend. She's so cool. But also, like, I have to, is a requirement. I realize this. Like, all your friends are hot. Sure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all my friends are hot. Yes. And I don't even think I'm hot. Why did I just you say are. that? Yes, I think you all your are. other friends are hot, so I'm like, I'm included <laughs> in the hot group. No, you are. It is really funny, though. A lot of people will tell me as they meet anyone, like, uh, since you've come to town, if I'll go out, like, they're like, do you have ugly friends? Like, you don't have <laughs> ugly friends. So, yes, that is very much true. Very beautiful people. So I was like, she's she's cool and she's beautiful. And I, I mean, I did think those things for sure, but it was that we would hang out and I think it's a requirement for me to be able to belly laugh with somebody. Mm -hmm. Like belly laugh. We laughed so hard, but on the flip side, we could have gone out before that, sat in a pub at Quips, Quips. drinking red wine and had the deepest conversation and got there like within two minutes, just Mm -hmm. like we did. We turned the mic on today, didn't even know what we were going to talk about. Knew that we were going to talk about like you coming here and transitioning into your life in Lancaster. But like, seriously though, I remember just being like how I can hardcore belly laugh with this person. She's cool. She's beautiful. But also like I can have these deep conversations with her and feel safe and vulnerable and um, learn and evolve within those conversations and then have a really hardcore laugh on top of it and drink a lot of And then activate bridge troll mode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, it's weird. Like, I look at them now and I'm just like, I have been analyzing all my different friendships a lot, mm-hmm. especially since you got here introducing people that I've known prior and, like, yeah. introducing them to you and then seeing them each on a completely different level than I think I've ever associated with. Like, I just know them or we just hang mm-hmm. out or whatever. Like, being able to hear your responses and have those conversations with you, too, about how those people make you feel. Mm-hmm. Not negative, but, like, just, like... And it reinforces me like, oh, yeah, that's what I remember when I met them when I was 24 or when I was 16 or when I was 12. You know, like I remember those or just during the pandemic and we were both alone, you know. And so it's interesting to get that second opinion of someone I trust and confide in so much Mm -hmm. to reassure that, like, I'm not nuts for thinking the things that I do or, or enjoying that person for a specific reason. Yeah, I think... I've been trained for these kind of interactions with people, Mm -hmm. and I'm interested to see what unfolds here at the candy factory with even more people that I'm going to meet. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially having the introduction to making friends here be Jenna. Mm -hmm. She's very intuitive and bright, and she's got big energy, big energy. Um. I think as an actor, I mean, I started working professionally when I was eight, but I I was trained not just as an athlete in dance, but I was kind of trained to understand people because even as a young kid, you know, six years old, you're playing, quote, the villain in the play. It's like, 
I had to ask questions and analyze the villain of the play as to why they are the villain of the play. Right. And it's not just a little paper doll of, oh, they're a bad person. Why no, are they, they think they're good. Who they think what them? they're doing, yeah. What is their motive? Why are they behaving this way? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I'm just a naturally very empathetic person. All my teachers told my parents that from a very young age. Mm-hmm. They're like, she's the girl who befriends the kid who's being bullied, and she sits with that kid mm. at lunchtime. Mm. Um, I started doing that in kindergarten, apparently. But I think I was also trained for this. Like, yeah. Having space for people, having analyzed characters my whole life. Yeah. It is. It's really intriguing. Can can I ask you a question, actually? Because I don't know if I can really recall myself at this time. So moving here, because, yeah, because you don't have family here. So this is actually a good one. And I don't, I didn't mean that in a bad way. (laughs) You're alone. You're alone, girl. No, but. Come unpack this, orphan. (laughs) (laughs) You're alone. Alone, alone. Um, no, I was going to say, because you're here, interestingly enough, I'm curious, how have you found meeting new people? Like, do you have any tips? Like, moving to a new space, obviously I'm not with you all the time, but, like, in your own way, you know, what are some some tips or tools or maybe you're only just going to realize it in this moment as it comes out of your mouth mm-hmm. that you feel like you've been able to approach new friendships in your 30s? It's been a fascinating year of doing that um, for your fans and followers. I removed myself from New York City a year ago, um, which included removing myself from friends that I have had since we were uh, 14. Yeah. Um, All of us actors who found each other as teenagers at Broadway Theater Project. Um, It was a training camp basically with all these huge Broadway actors Gregory Hines um, Annie Ranking Um, we all ended up at the same college we all ended up in New York City together I didn't know that yeah I didn't know about that first kind of like we kind of traveled as this funny little pod okay I think out of the 22 that were in my musical theater class I think 12 of us were all from Broadway Theater Project that's wild Mm -hmm. and those people even though some of us haven't spoken in years, we're just, like, deeply connected. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so grateful for that. Um, so I removed myself from everyone that I had had as my family, basically, mm-hmm. um, for m- more than half my life. So this whole year was me reintroducing myself and explaining my background and explaining myself, which was exhausting. Yeah. Um, and I, I found it now, it felt crazy at the time, but I find it now, um, I'm, great, I'm grateful now that I was able to try and introduce myself and make friends in so many different communities and pockets. Mm. So the first one was Lake Arrowhead, mm-hmm. where our family cabin was, and that was my reset, debridement, dust yourself off moment. And um, I, for the first time, found that people didn't find me interesting. <laughs> I'm so interesting. Yeah. That would actually piss me off. <laughs> You'd be like, but, it, but I it am interesting. It was kind of nice. Yeah. Like Arrowhead is a mountain community in 
the mountains of Southern California and it is very simple and people there have been there their whole lives. They're not very well traveled, I find. Mm. They don't need or want for much. Um, and so I got a job at a bar and I was like, I'm just gonna save some money, keep my head down and and therapize through all this stuff I've just been through. Yeah. And I remember, you know, couples would come in and oh, you're new here. We haven't seen you, you know, where are you from? What did you do? So I would explain myself. And the minute I was like, yeah, I, you know, I was an actor, did a Broadway tour. No one asked me any questions about it. They didn't give a shit. That's interesting, <laughs> like, yeah. But it was nice because I was in a community where there was no social networking. Mm. And no climbing. it wasn't like New York, like, oh, so you must know this person and this person. And mm-hmm. I did a show with this person. And it's kind of like, what can you do for me in the future? Let's right. climb a little bit. And then like Arrowhead, it was humbling. No one cared. <laughs> No one wanted anything from me. Yeah. They they were just like, oh, that's cool. Can I have another glass of wine? And I was like, I love this. Yeah. I love this. Because I could just kind of explain what I've done and leave it. And felt like for once you were in control of it, right? Like I was in control of my narrative, but then it kind of stopped there. Um, and I kind of found the same in Central Coast, California after shoveling out of the blizzard and, and moving down to moving down there mm-hmm. people didn't really care and mm-hmm. it was nice um so here in Lancaster I think people I've found that people are more interested in my background um so I'm very much navigating what I share now um when introducing myself to people and if I'm going to ask more questions about them because Maybe eventually I'm in a state where I don't want to talk about myself and I'm having a hard day, so I'll lead the conversation um, and divulge very little. And also it changes now, too, because I realize how small the city is. Mm -hmm. So I've stopped sharing so much about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Yeah, you pointed that out to me, too, just saying, like, I don't want anything to ever reflect back. Like we were just talking about Instagram. Yeah. Whisper down the lane. Oh, on oh. my Insta- oh, yeah, that too. When I was like, yeah. can you just not put, yeah. put me in Instagram stuff? Yeah. Um, I think I have a, just a softer approach to communicating with humans these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already learned quite a bit from the candy factory. I'm obsessed with it here. Please join if you're thinking about it. But just, you know, being intercepted by Francis in the morning mm-hmm. and... You know, she's like, how's your morning going? And, and you know, I don't, I think it's softened me also having been a New Yorker. I've become less transactional with people who are just working the front desk. Or gotcha, yeah. for the person who, you know, I'm buying a bottle of wine from. Um, it's not just, give me this, this is your job, thank you, and leaving. It's like, I talk to people now. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I didn't before. Like, I knew my the lady who ran my laundromat. Yeah, I no, I, yeah, you're very much, uh, you're very much like me, because I don't see this a lot in a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We pause, and we always treat people like humans. And I, if I haven't, I feel, feel really bad in this very moment, but, like, you and I always, anytime we approach a counter, I've always noticed this, noticed this ever since, you know, I met you. Like, mm-hmm. we're both people that are like, hi, how are you today? Yeah. I'd like this. Yeah. Or, like... 
you know, they're not a robot in yeah. front of us. Mm-hmm. They're not AI. Like, <laughs> this mm-hmm. is, this is, that's a whole other topic. But, like, yeah. you know, it, being able to just go to someone and treat them, like, as a person, like, yeah. in the Starbucks drive through which I don't even go too much, but, like, or when I make a phone call to American Express or Delta or mm. whatever. Yeah. Just, like, hi, how's your day going? And it comes out of my mouth that I realize I'm also not, sometimes I'm not genuine about it, but it always comes out of my mm-hmm. mouth. Yeah. Like, like, even when I had to pay some extra U-Haul fees mm. a few days ago for, like, tolls, and it was a little confusing, so I called, and I remember on the phone call, I've just let myself, you know, we're all just a bunch of tall toddlers trying yeah. to make some money and get through life, and the woman, she was, like, reading her script. Okay, so now, Chelsea Clark, do you authorize me to process this blab and reading it? And I get to, she gets to the end, and I was like... Yes, take my money. And she just starts belly laughing. <laughs> and <laughs> just like completely unexpected. But I I find that I've been kind of like making friends with the people who, uh, I guess it's like a boomer mentality. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, are supposed to just be providing you with a service. Like the guy who works at the liquor store, his name is Ryan. Just, we have this banter every time I go in and I consider him like my friend mm-hmm. um, I I just find you can make friends with with people if you stop treating everyone like a machine absolutely and I think that's like such a good way of explaining it too because I'm trying to recall back Chelsea's living in the same apartment I lived in when I lived downtown before we got our house yeah which is so crazy because like that place has always had a special place in my heart too so I'm glad to see it in good hands. And I remember mm-hmm. even saying that to you. I was like, this place has good energy. I promise you. Like, it really does. Like, once you get settled and once you're in yeah, there, like, this it does. is this is such a good energy spot. Mm-hmm. And it's just loud enough that that New York, which I know you weren't in the city like I was mm-hmm. and you were more of an Astoria gal, but has enough loud energy outside of your apartment yeah. that you, A, don't feel alone, and B, it's going to get you out of the house mm-hmm. in the morning. Like, you can't you can't recoil back and I mean you can but like there's going to be too much stimulation outside mm-hmm. of your walls that's going to make you want to go outside so I remember like even though because I didn't have a car and even though I um probably couldn't afford to go to the market for most of my groceries I still had sun basket at the time I believe our chef our green chef was what I had mm-hmm. So they would send those meals for, like, two people for three. So I would cook the meal, and then I would have it for lunch the next day. So that really only covered, like, three of my meals for the week. But I would always go get breakfast food and, like, a couple extra snack things that I wanted at the market. And, like, everyone knew me, knew Miko, like, talked to them. Mm -hmm. Every Tuesday I was there. Like, and it was this encounter that made me feel part of a community. So I think from – my brief discussion of that and like what you had also said if you're in a new space I think the best advice is to just start to get up go out Mm -hmm. and on Tuesdays go to the same you know maybe the same place or constantly get your alcohol from the one store or Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be and just really diving into the community because I think some of us forgot how to do that especially during the pandemic yeah um, pandemic had to be transactional in New mm-hmm. York. You know, there was a point where Jay and I 
they would only allow six people at a time into our grocery store. Because yeah. you'd have to wait out in the cold in a line six yep. feet apart, and you had to be transactional. Yep. Um, and I think I'm still letting go of a lot, and I think in general people are letting are struggling to to let go of that transactional way of living. God, I forgot about you just saying that. Mm-hmm. I remember being up. That was what got me to start buying wine and, mm-hmm. and liquor in bulk. Like we would buy, we would take up our like rolly things and all of our bags and we stood in that line and finally Doug would put the mask on right before we walked in there because we were outside on the sidewalk that whole time and um, we would put it on, we would go in the store and then get what we needed to get. But like you could see though the owners of Seatown, that was like the, the place that we had up in Inwood, um, very like if you're a New Yorker, like you definitely know what Seatown is, but mm-hmm. Um, we would go in and he, he was just like, I'm just trying to run my business. And like, I think we would still, but we needed that community. And you know me, like I like craved it so much. I started this whole podcast because of it. But like, I remember trying to like have those interactions with him and the people at the mm-hmm. liquor store. Like I knew them really well then because we would buy in bulk and do it with Miko. And sometimes we would split, like I would go get all the liquor and Doug would go get all the groceries and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it was so strange, though, but we we kind of forget that sense of, of, of community. And I know a lot of people struggle when they move to a new town, that they feel lonely and alone. But, like, I'm not saying the best thing you can do is cloud yourself by going out mm-hmm. with other people, but, like, actually, you know, stepping out of that comfort zone. Or maybe it's truly in your comfort zone to just go and start creating those relationships. Yeah, I think Lancaster has made me more intentional mm. uh, with everything from, well, once I got out of depression bun era, which I'm still crawling out of, but <laughs> more intentional with the way I dress here. Mm. People are more intentional with um, how they go out and the people they invite out. Mm-hmm. Um, having worked at Luca the last three months, I'm amazed at the clientele, the local people who come in. Everyone is impeccably well-dressed, and um, everyone is, you can just tell, very intentional with the way they put themselves together Mm -hmm. and very intentional with the food that they're ordering and the drinks that they're ordering. Um, So I like Lancaster a lot for me right now because it's kind of broken me down. I call it back to the basics mm-hmm. as I've been kind of self-therapizing, especially the last 10 years. It, it's brought me back to the basics. And it at times I chuckle because it kind of makes me feel like I'm in the opening scene of Beauty and the Beast. It feels a little villagey. Bonjour. 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 But I think Lancaster <laughs> kind of, it's a community where they do appreciate the local cheese purveyor and mm. and they celebrate you know the skill that it takes to just make one bo- ball of burrata mm-hmm. Luca has taught me that or has reminded me of that and Luca celebrates people like that so that's why I really love um, what they produce it's the best food um, and very you know uh, they're very thoughtful with everything mm-hmm. um, and yeah, when I go to market, I know Maddie who works at 
the vegetable stand and I know her boy drama of the week and so I check in with her and mm-hmm. um, yeah it's been it's been a, a very very safe place besides getting the bricks from through the storm door and the, the stuff that was happening randomly it's been a very safe place like community wise yeah um, to feel like people are interested in you but not because they need something from you Mm-hmm. Because they get inspiration from hearing your stories. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, you're, like, re-inspiring me to do a lot of stuff because when I was in the downtown area, like, I wanted to do more. And, you know, you can't always put that pressure on your person. So just trying to navigate, like, when do I want to go out? When is it not just about work? All the things that simulated me in the first place. Um to come and, and I have to be totally honest, like I kind of, it, I pride myself in the fact that I do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Like I love that about myself. Uh, it puts a lot of pressure on me sometimes and it's not healthy, but like I do love that I'm involved in a lot of different things. And although it was in a beautiful way, like I got advice given to me about how I probably shouldn't share so much of the other jobs that I have with my fellow team members of the higher ups Mm -hmm. but in my mind I'm like okay it's a salary paid job but you really encourage that I'm only supposed to work 40 hours a week so what the fuck do you think I do with the rest of my time Mm -hmm. like not in a bad way but like okay so maybe if I didn't teach yoga but like what if I worked out five days a week like you're gonna tell me I can't work out five days a week (laughs) no so who gives a shit if I'm teaching or taking that does shouldn't matter Mm -hmm. So, or like if I have the podcast going on or if I want to use my PTO days to to judge dance competitions, I mean, until someone's paying me $200,000 a year and even then, like I'm still probably going to be thirsty for more because that's just how I am. I always want to be involved in different things. So I just, I found that really interesting. It kind of like cut, it felt like it cut my hands off and it was like, I'm not allowed to be cool and interesting because I shouldn't be, I shouldn't overshare all the other things that make me who I am. It, mm. it was really interesting. And I like. But that's what makes you good at your job. I agree. And it was so weird. I took it back and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, no, fuck them. And I'm sorry, I'm making this all explicit. And it wasn't even an explicit podcast. And now it is. But I mean, you know, it was, it was such a strange moment uh, for me. And I was like, no, I'm. I'm I'm proud to be his family from Coco. He's like yeah. when he's like screaming Arrah! and he's like I'm proud to be his family. <laughs> you know when he finds out that Hector's his uh, great great grandfather. And uh if you shout out to Coco if you haven't seen it I watched it for Dia de los Muertos um for Day of the Dead cuz I was like I have to wa- we watch it every year. Mm-hmm. So um anyway But it was. I was like, I'm proud. Like, this is what makes me great. This is what makes me good. This is what makes me communicate more um, and stay fit and healthy and positive and, like, all the other – like, and all the other things. Mm -hmm. So I I found that really odd. Like, so, you know, Mm -hmm. for a takeaway from that, like, don't ever stop dipping your toe in different ponds because guess what? Tomorrow I could be be fired for some crazy reason or budget cuts or – anything and if I didn't have those other creative pools ponds or other things to evolve from like where Mm -hmm. where would I be I follow this gorgeous gazelle of a woman called Erica I think she dates um Erin DeVate 
Oh my god, I love him. Such a handsome man. Um, Yeah. And I went on her profile one day after discovering her and in her bio. Um, you know, she doesn't list her Broadway shows. She doesn't list her resume. She just, it's a blurb about herself. And then she just says in all caps, do it all. Mm. And that's, I, I think I know, well, I know, I know some of the women that she surrounds herself with. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, Katie something, she's a Broadway girl who has a cookbook. Um, they're friends with my, my friend Leslie Flesner, who also is one of those women who does it all. Mm-hmm. They all they all kind of seem to navigate their careers from what I see with that mantra of do it all. Mm-hmm. And I think in Lancaster, you can do it all. And I think because you do it all, that's why you're so good at your job. Sure. And But that's why, like, you and I both, when we're sitting down – doing our resumes and stuff I'm like you can steal from all not mm-hmm. steal you just have to shift the resume like yeah. you're one <laughs> yeah. you know like it reads event planner and then you you continue to add and evolve on that part of it it reads um bar industry you can continue to evolve in that it reads mm-hmm. social media and like um what's other like social media and like being able to to do that for like a client mm-hmm. so it can be so many different things because we had to do so much but again that's like what makes us good at what we do we just have to learn how to take the resume and make it look like that was the main mm-hmm. yeah thing and I because I hadn't really had to put myself out there in what I call the muggle world mm-hmm. you know in New York City I would come back and flop down after doing a contract and go work at a dive bar because it was easy and mm-hmm. minimal effort. You know, oh, she's pretty. She can pour a beer. Great. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. But I forgot that I doctored my theater resume according to what shows I was going in for, like mm-hmm. cabaret, deep, dark, and twisty, and gritty, and a little gross. And they have to know that I've never been the legally blonde type of an actor, um, the little bopsy, like, oh, I'm just a showgirl. Never was me. Um, so. What's yeah. that? <laughs> That's you. That's why I call you Jelly Bean. Sunshine and rainbows. And I'm like self-soothing in a corner. <laughs> but that was actually one of our audition experiences. Um <laughs> So yeah, for cabaret, I was like, I'm gonna. This is my shell. Yeah. This is this is where I want my peak in my career to be. This is my shell. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I put up. I luckily somehow understudied the illustrious Janine Devita mm. in my early twenties during Oliver. She was Nancy. Um, they just somehow picked me. I was so lucky. So I understudied her, and I was like, all right, little dark and twisty, mm-hmm. gritty, it's a little gross. So I bumped that up yeah. to the top of my credits and judged it and, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, I've started realizing that that transfers into muggle world. It does. Yeah, so much so. And for anybody ever transitioning into that, like, it's huge. I, I talked to my husband about that even now. It was like. Really cute. Even the other day, he was like, "Which which um resume template do you do you like?" And I like went through them all, and then I was like going back, and then he's like, "Okay, can you just pick one?" And I said, "Well, you you asked my opinion. Like, I want to be involved, and I really want to like take 
I want to take it seriously mm-hmm. for you. So we're going to take 10 minutes and we're going to look through them again and I'm going to help you pick one and tell you what I see. I also think, too, I was just talking to Matthew about this. Um, I was like, I, I went through a period where I was, I wasn't telling people that I was an actor because in telling people I, I was an actor, but now I'm here in Lake Arrowhead, I'm a failure. Mm. And he's like, oh, I bumped that up. He's like, people, I I glorify the fact that I was an actor. People in my world, I they find it fascinating that I was. And I was like, he's like, you have to remember, like you were, you were a highly trained mm-hmm. athlete, basically for your mm-hmm. entire life, and you got paid to do it. Mm-hmm. You succeeded. Like, mm-hmm. no, you need to switch that narrative. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, but relating that to Doug. Yeah. I think, and I've talked to you about this. I was like, the amount of mental. And physical training he's been through and committed to, mm-hmm. like, that's impressive. He needs to, you know, capitalize on that when applying for jobs. Like, not a lot of people would have survived the mental tasking he went through when it went from, what, nine months to three years mm-hmm. training for the Navy, all just because of continuous COVID shutdowns and changes. And Yeah, just, like, discussing how malleable he is and able to retain different information and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. saying, I didn't even think about that. I need to go home and praise my husband. (laughs) Well, that's why we have, I mean, I've been a podcast girl for a long time, but I've gotten into different people's podcasts. Mm -hmm. I will say I used to be, like, a little bit of a mean girl. I'd be like, oh, those Vanderpump Rules girls, they're just so vapid. They're talentless. Um, But I've been listening to Sheena Shea's podcast recently. I don't know these people. We know that I don't listen. I feel like that's a source of pride um, for some that they don't know Vanderpump Rules people because I would definitely think the housewives and all those girls are like my friends. I watch them way too much. But <laughs> um, I think having conversations with with people um, in just a safe place, like you're able to remember how to celebrate people in a different way or remember right. yeah, I, I need to go tell my husband that that's friggin' cool about him and I forget, you know. Um. Yeah, maybe, like, it hasn't transacted yet, but, like, what he's done is nothing short of incredible, just like he says to me. Like, mm-hmm. what I did with my income in three years is nothing short of incredible in his eyes mm-hmm. and he says it with caution because he knows that my head gets bigger and bigger. But, like... <laughs> He, he tries to say it with caution, but he's like, it's nothing short of incredible, but it's also, like, not normal mm-hmm. what you did yeah, um, no. financially. So, mm-hmm. like, please don't expect that of me. Mm-hmm. When I And I shouldn't, you know. We're lucky that we had me to do that, but, like, I'm also super lucky to have him to have the mental capacity to do – to take in so much information from three completely different realms. Mm-hmm. And still be able to live to tell the tale and give me a little um, – and give me attention on top of that. Yeah. In our marriage, so mm-hmm. – or our relationship and uh, turned into our marriage. But we're all just tall toddlers. We're just trying to get through every <laughs> friggin' day. Do it all. Do it all, tall toddler. <laughs> That's going to be the name of the podcast. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I know that our room we've, – we've gone way over our time for this room. But Us? Oh, surprising. Yes, but um, please let us know what you think about the quality of sound in here. It's interesting for me to listen through it through the headphones versus you just chatting into the microphone. But 
um, this might be a good space to just have guests if I have a microphone and then have my own and navigate through that. Yeah. But I'm so glad that Chelsea had me as her honored guest here at the Candy Factory. And I'm going to enjoy doing some of my um, work meetings and stuff now. Yes. In the beautiful if green you're space. Local, come check out the Candy Factory. Is there a day pass here? I mean, I know you don't work here, but I we're believe gonna... there's a day pass. Okay. Um, it is just the most life changing little space. thing you can do for yourself. So. I do it all. Splurge. Do it all. Spend. Take my money. <laughs> take my money. <laughs> I come I love, to the candy factory. I come to the candy factory. Thanks for being on, Charles. I love you. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dead. Thanks for tuning into today's episode on the luxury of self-care. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to this channel on Apple Podcast or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening on. If you are on Apple Podcast and have a brief moment to leave me a five-star rating and a review, it truly helps me grow the show organically. I love hearing from you. In addition, you can find me and all updates on the show on Instagram at rumor underscore in underscore St. Petersburg. Yep, just like the universal film Anastasia or like the Facebook page entitled The Luxury of Self-Care. If you would like to support this show, do not hesitate to reach out. Your small donation really helps me keep up the sustainability of each episode and all the marketing that goes into this show. Lastly, I just wanted to thank you so much for all of your love and all of your support. And as always, for tuning in.